You know, our beloved Christmas tradition of the babe in the manger is owed to St. Francis of Assisi. This tradition of the Christmas creche is now a thousand years old. And I love the way that St. Bonaventure, in his life of St. Francis, he describes this story. It was three years before St. Francis died, and he was celebrating Christmas at the village of Greccio. It's a little town between Rome and Assisi. And there he wanted to create a simple devotion for the people so that they could identify with the Holy Family on this Feast of the Nativity. St. Francis had only recently gotten back from a pilgrimage of his own to Bethlehem. And it was a, almost an impossible thing to expect normal, ordinary people to be able to make that pilgrimage to Bethlehem. And so St. Francis wanted to make this something that would be vivid in the imagination of those people. And he was very careful. He asked Pope, the Pope, Honorius, for permission to do this. And he stopped in Greccio, and there he made a manger seen in a cave. And he used hay. He put live animals around it. And then there was a manger, and he put a doll in the manger, the Christ child. And the people that came together that Christmas night were in awe of this whole experience. St. Bonaventure said that the woods echoed with their voices and it glowed with their lights. And when they all came together, St. Francis celebrated Mass right by that manger scene. There were no humans in the nativity scene. There were just the animals and then the inanimate objects, the doll, if you will. But suddenly, there was a vision. And Bonaventure tells the story of one of Francis's disciples was a, a knight named John of Greccio. And he saw St. Francis as he was saying mass. He leaned over and picked up that doll in the manger and was praying. And at that very moment, John said that he saw a beautiful little child sleeping in the manger who seemed to be awakened from his sleep when the Blessed Father Francis embraced him in both arms. And it left such an impression on the people that night. There were people there that were suffering from various maladies, and they suddenly found that there were miracles. They took little pieces of straw from the manger scene, and they received healing. 
They took all the hay because it brought many miracles. And it was from that night on that the faithful people would celebrate the beautiful traditions of the Christmas creche, the manger scene. That was about 1,000 years ago. And it's beautiful how this tradition has completely captivated the hearts, the minds, and the imaginations of the Christian faithful. It was so beautiful, and it was so powerful, because it invited each of us to be a part of it. The fruitful imagination of Christian people from this time on is now released. In these beautiful traditions of art and music and poetry, everything that was there that holy night in Bethlehem is given a voice. The angels, Mary and Joseph, the innkeeper, the shepherds, the oxen, the donkeys, the camels, the sheep, the lowing cattle, the manger itself, the swaddling clothes, the stars of heaven, the blowing wind, the earth itself repeating the sounding joy. They were all witnesses to something that is absolutely glorious and miraculous that will change the course of the world. And as St. Paul wrote to the Romans, the whole creation the whole creation is on tiptoe to see the wonderful sight of the sons of God coming into their own. That's what we celebrate tonight. That little baby in the manger is the son of God. And he came into this world and he took on human nature so that he could take us to his heavenly Father. Dear people, Jesus invites you to find your place in this place where he was born into our life. And just as that miracle happened at that first nativity scene in Greccio, when Francis picked up that child and suddenly people saw that he was alive, that precious baby is alive in so many ways that we cannot even imagine. Look into your lives. Think of those places in your life where there is sorrow and loneliness, maybe fear. You wonder what's coming next. That child was born for you. And just as those first people that were at that manger scene found that Jesus came alive for them in their lives, may he come alive for each one of us in our lives as well. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, praise God. If I missed you coming in, Merry Christmas. Uh, glad the wind has died down. Boy, that was something, huh? Well, you came to the right Mass. If you would have come at 4 o'clock yesterday, 
you would have had to park down at Lucky's. It was quite a, quite a crowd here last night. But this one is, is a, a much more peaceful uh, Mass. So I just want to take a moment to welcome all the visitors that have joined us here this morning. I know some of you have come from very far, so just welcome, and we just love having you here with us, and we hope you'll come back and join us another time. What does it mean to give our life to God? What does it mean to surrender our life and fully trust in God? This is something that Mary and Joseph grew to understand. And they realized over and over that when you truly give your life over to God, you can never be completely ready or prepared for what God will do. You have to be ready to be surprised. At a moment's notice, you must be able to shift gears and go in a completely different direction than what you may have hoped. They would have had to surrender their will to God a thousand times. Imagine what that was like when they traveled to Bethlehem, arriving in that city to take part in the census, and not being able to find comfortable accommodations. They were forced to take up lodging in a humble stable made for animals. And we celebrate on this day, this moment, when Mary lays her firstborn son in a manger, a lowly manger used as a feeding trough for animals. There, the son of Mary the Son of God, the King of kings, and the Lord of lords. They could have never prepared for what God would do. All they could do, as at many moments, was simply to surrender and just open their hearts to the astonishing, surprising work of God. I'm amazed at how many times I've had people say to me every year about this time, Father, I'm not ready for Christmas. I don't feel ready. It came so fast. My life has been so full and I've been pulled in so many directions. I got so many things that I have to get done. So many things that are 
that I still need to do and the list keeps getting longer. I'm not ready. I was feeling like that yesterday. (laughs) And I had my own personal list of why I did not feel ready for Christmas. But is it really possible, as with Mary and Joseph, is it possible for us to be completely ready? Sure, we do the best we can, but does God and His grace need to have everything the way we would like it? Does God have to wait until we get it together? Is God dependent on everything being just so? Praise God, no. And I have this sense of what Christmas really is. And Mary, present with us here this morning, Mary, and if she could do something for us, what would she do? I can easily imagine Mary taking the child, the Christ child, from the manger and holding that child out to each one of us and just saying to us, will you please hold my child? Born as your Savior, will you just take my child And will you hold him to your heart? This child who is nothing but pure love. The love of God sent to us. The love of God made visible. Will you just hold love to your heart? And we don't have to make sure that our heart is the way we would like it to be. Maybe we have come into Christmas with a heavy heart, burdened and concerned by various things. Maybe there is pain in our heart. Oftentimes it's relational pain that comes from the relationships in our life, sometimes broken ones. There might be fears, things that we're afraid of. Maybe we're afraid of the future. We might be anxious. Our heart might be troubled and dissipated and scattered. Does God need all of that to be different? No, all he asks, as he often did of Joseph and Mary, is just open your life to Jesus. Open your heart to love and let Jesus be the mercy that we need, the strength that we need, 
the healing that we need to bring us the peace that we might deeply desire. And you know what's so beautiful? Is what's going to happen in just a moment. And the, the Lord of the cradle and the Eucharistic Lord of the altar, they both come in the same way, humble, little, gentle. The Christ child, as Scripture tells us, was conceived by the Holy Spirit. And that same Holy Spirit is going to be called down upon the gifts of bread and wine. That Spirit who created the world with the Father and the Son, able to create out of nothing, is able to change the substances of bread and wine into the body and blood of Christ. And in communion, Jesus wants to come and cradle himself upon our heart. And maybe we came here today feeling, I'm not prepared. <laughs> or we'd feel like we were a little bit better prepared. All right, we do the best we can. But God can still do his work. And so after communion, to simply let Jesus love us. Just hold him to your heart. Hold love, the saving, redeeming love of Jesus. It comes and it works. Amen.